We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for Wednesday, October 9th. I'm Jeff Erickson. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Thanks, Yahoo. And today I get to thank Yahoo directly with my guest and co-host, Andy Barons from Yahoo. Andy, thanks for joining us today. Hey, um, it's always great to always great to obviously be on with you. Who, who knew Yahoo was sponsoring it? That's awesome. Yeah, you look guys. At us, look at us out there spending money. Yay. Baseball and football all season long. It's been great. Um, so thanks. Thanks again. Uh, we, and we do a bunch of leagues, baseball, football with all the Yahoo peeps. You're not in friends and family anymore for uh, baseball. Um, I mean, who, I, I learned total, total quarter control from you. Um, <laughs> yeah, B, we got to add the pioneering B. fantasy yeah. baseball expert when, you know, I, were there any more Hills to climb for me? I don't really think so. No, I drew a hard line with, uh, with Scott over the, the actual settings in the league and he refused to budge. Um, so we're, we're in a, we're still in a, a stare down. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, um, I can't like, I can't, I don't know. Maybe it's my own. My, I'm in my dotage as a fantasy expert, but like I, you know, in a daily, like first come first serve transaction league, I'm no longer in a place in my life where I can compete with people whose job it is to like write player blurbs all day. So I was like, I, I can't do it. <laughs> You want to go to weekly, go, huh? We either go weekly transactions or, um, y- you know, y- you can, you can find your way in this, in this world without barons. Uh, but who can pioneer TCCB though? I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> trying to carry the torch it's out there and I'm raking in all this money from people using it. Yes. You know. Yes. Uh, but anyways, uh, we are still together in Sin City showdown, the run, uh, league run by uh, Brad Evans. Uh, we did the auction in July. Uh, in Vegas and the massive Evans suite uh, and 
which was actually a very nice hotel suite. I it was awesome. Say. Yeah, it was. That was a really good time. Yeah, uh, and that's a unique uh, format. And, you know, started by our buddy Mark Stopa. It was the fourteen teamer, uh, two. You know, QB flex, another flex, three receivers, and two tight ends. Uh, I gotta say, I, I'm not a fan of the two tight end format. I think it's worse <laughs> than two catchers. Yeah, it's um, it it's hard, uh, and and I've tried it any number of ways. I've tried punting tight ends. I've tried spending up for tight ends, which like sounds good in theory, but it turns out tight ends are pretty fragile. Um, who knew I've tried. Yeah. I've I've tried, like I probably could have, I probably could have figured that one out, but, uh, you know, like it gets in your head cause your, your second tight end is, is never anyone desirable. Um, I actually, I think it like, that might be the one thing that I didn't do terribly wrong in that league. I'm, I'm like one and four. I'm actually having, I, I think, uh, it might be my worst league right now, Really, but I, I don't even hate that. Like, I don't even hate the team. I have some nice players there, but, um, I think my second tight end in that one is Hawkinson. So you're dealing with the injuries that are, that are just ever present at the position. Um, it's, yeah, I've, I've tried, I've tried every which way and we're, we're about at the max number of owners that you can, that you can, uh, survive with in, in a two quarterback, two tight end league. It's rough. Right. Right. And it really is QB flex, super flex really is a two QB league. And all in all honesty, I think, I think people need to realize that. I think most people do at this point in time, uh, as little as five years ago there, I, I didn't hear that many people playing in leagues like this. Now that's a lot more common to play in a super flex league. Yeah, it's funny. My um, one of the first leagues that I was in, I don't know, forever ago, it feels like 40 years ago, but it was probably probably like 25 years ago. One of my very first leagues was a two quarterback league, not a super flex, but like you had to start two quarterbacks. And so like I was under the early impression that that's just how everyone played. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, I started playing. I started I started writing about uh, sports and fantasy sports a little more, started playing in in more our public style leagues. And you're like, Oh, well we've somehow turned the position of greatest importance in the actual real life NFL into the least important position in fantasy by, by only starting one of these guys. So I, the, the one, the one thing that is great about a super flex or two QB league is that it places proper importance on the quarterback position. Cause you just, you know, you just can't win those things. If you're, if your second quarterback is like from the, from the case Keenum, Josh Rosen bin, Right. Uh, and I, I've been trying to, you know, pound that point home. Uh, you know, I'm trying to encourage like Greg Ambrosius, hey, let's get a super flex contest for the NFFC. But not there yet. But I think it would be so awesome. I think it really would be awesome to add that to the mix of games that they offer. But, uh, you know, it, it's it is fun. I like doing that. And I always make a point of getting three QBs if I can. in that yeah. in that format. And then this year, that's really been important to do uh, when we had uh, black Q to uh, black two like black week two. Uh, I'm trying <laughs> to think of a good way. It's not a good euphemism. I'll come up with something better. But, uh, you know, week two where we lost so many quarterbacks um, and. You know, it's, all of a it's sudden, funny, like the funny thing about it um, is that I, I came into this season and I feel like a lot of other people came into this season saying I, I, I just didn't remember a time when the quarterback position had felt so deep. You know, you'd, you'd look at your ranks and you right. have Tom Brady like 20, 21, 22, you know, and you had these guys who were probably going to be 4000 yard passers like in the 20s. And I was like, well, this is cake. It's never been so good. And then all of a sudden it's like we're heading into week three and I'm like, oh, my God, I got to add Josh Allen. What if I don't get Josh Allen on the waiver wire? What will I do? You know, like it just got it got so bleak so quickly. I'm in a 16 team league. It's now it's just a one QB league, but that's still deep enough that like if I don't get Andy Dalton here, I'm hosed. I had Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, and I note I did not get Andy Dalton, and I am hosed. Uh, <laughs> I think I might have gotten Gardner Minshew in that one, though, but that was good. You know, uh, so that that actually might end up being better. But there, you know, I, I'm still host because I had a host of other things happen there too, and that's just the thing. I mean, other injuries still happen too. Uh, so you on a tangent on your on your own pod, but like, wh- where would you set the odds of Gardner Minshew finishing the season as that team's starting quarterback? Like, oh. it's been pretty good. Oh, it's better than a week. Better than half. Better than fifty percent. I think it's a better than average chance he finishes. I mean, he's been. He'd have to go through. 
you know, a pretty big losing streak at this point. You know, the fumbles are an issue. Handling the pass rush is an issue. But, you know, guess what it is for most quarterbacks, too. Uh, but, yeah, ball security might be the one thing. But, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for Nick Foles because he's finally going to get a chance, get uh, reunited with Filippo. They looked good in the brief hey. sp- spell before he got hurt. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah, I was looking at the I was looking at the schedule in like three of the next four games. Minshew is facing defenses that are among the top ten in terms of uh, points allowed uh, to the quarterback position. Like he's gonna he's gonna go off over the next month, and then it's gonna be really really hard to argue for Foles. Yeah, um, it it will be. Uh, just yeah, he looked good in a series and a half uh, through. Not t- he got hurt. You know, got out went out on a shield on a touchdown pass, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel bad for him. But then again, I mean, good for Minshew that, you know, I like it when smart people do well. And he seems like a really smart guy. So uh, I was happy to see that. Uh, yeah, but uh, he, I think it's better than 50 percent chance he keeps the job. I'd agree with you on that. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. A uh, bunch of injuries. So as we were talking about, we got the Thursday night game. The Giants, they, they've got hell all you know daniel jones congratulations you're the starter now try to win without <laughs> barkley without shepherd without ingram i who i haven't seen shit since shit yeah sin city I'm yeah that's that how i lot. feel about it yeah <laughs> exactly i've got him and i had james o'shaughnessy so I, yeah i had the, the pleasure of trying to find two tight ends this week i've only found one so far but uh on a related note if you want to trade me hawkinson i'll take the gamble on him maybe this week um but we'll see, you know, if you need help in another position, we can even do the first ever podcast trade. Uh, oh, maybe that's what I do. I'll shake it up. I haven't, I haven't traded in that league yet. Yeah. Ted, I mean, I've gotten relentless offers from super fan, Ted Bell. He loves being called super fan, uh, <laughs> but you have three tight ends. So although one of them's Cameron Braid, so you have two tight ends. Yeah. I have like 2.25. Tight ends, yeah. <laughs> oh, and you have Henry also. Oh, interesting. You've got 2.35. I will say I just kind of scrounged Henry because I feel like I realized we had an IR spot and maybe not everybody did. <laughs> so, I, so I just added him directly to the IR spot. He's not someone I that, – that is not – of my many auction mistakes, that is not one of them. I'd portray that as a savvy move and an accurate assessment of at least one person's knowledge of the, the, the IR spot. I noticed it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, hmm, these guys have guys on IR. Hmm. I messed that one up. <laughs> hmm. Weird. Yeah, and there, there's other things about the Yahoo settings. You can have a guy just have a blank spot in your active lineup if you just want to stash someone on reserve on uh, your bench. Maybe yes. create a you know I, I know Liss exploited that famously in baseball like ten years ago in Friends and Family, and I was like, oh, Eureka, oh, I could do that. <laughs> oh, you know, you, we can draft not draft a defense if we wanted to, and just pick one up later. Oh, you know, things like that. Many many things you got to know your platform. Yeah, it's that's like basically the oldest rule in fantasy, right? Um, t- yeah. Took me a little while to figure out that we had the IR spot in this league. I can't. I have to confess that I I was not aware of it immediately. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, maybe we can make a trade. I, I look at your lineup. I look at your roster, and I don't see like that glaring hole. You know, y- your team's roster belies its record. I felt that way. And then, yeah, you look at my record. It's I'm one and four. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, like yeah, I well, like it... I have holes. but I know there's, there's nobody in that, um, you know, two quarterback league. I've got Murray and cousins, which is fine. Except for cousins has been mostly a disaster until last week. Um, Ertz is one of my tight ends. So I'm fine at tight end. I'm like, I'm fine everywhere. I I'm, I'm, not saddled is wrong, but I, but you know, I I've got Deandre Hopkins who of course went off in the opener, which remains one of the best games of this NFL season. Mm -hmm. Um, and has been quiet for fantasy purposes ever since he, he had 88 yards last week. He's seeing like eight, nine targets a week. So that's fine, but he hasn't blown up yet. Um, so I, I've just got a relatively quiet team. Yeah. And last week had to be super frustrating. You're like, Atlanta's coming to town. Sweet. And, and it's one of those games where if you just see you just see the number like I, you know, the flight lands and I and I see how many points have been scored in that game. and I'm like, OK, finally, I get my two touchdown new Hopkins game. And no, 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 none of that. Yeah. Well, as a Beckham owner, I can appreciate that. Uh, that's oh, yeah. 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 They've each had one game. They've each had one game. Right. It was special um, and, and nothing since. Right. Right. Very frustrating. Very frustrating indeed. So the Giants this week, no Shepard, no Ingram, no Barkley, no Wayne Gallman even. Nope. Yeah, no hope. Should start Eli. Protect Daniel Jones. 
put, I think you suggested someone that, uh, I was trying to, you know, look, look for questions for Andy. And I saw you jokingly suggested that Dan Jones should be tight end eligible because he was worked <laughs> out there. Maybe that could help me in that league there where I'm, I've got a big zero for one of my tight end spots after getting Ryan Izzo as my other tight end. But, uh, my, t- my TE one for this week so far, but, oh uh, man, Oh, Brutal. Yeah, that would. I got to imagine that would be a big no, thank you for Eli Manning if they <laughs> if they actually wanted to put him in for the start. Right. Um. I like New England. Obviously, is a is just an absolutely. I, I I think they're a dominant defense. They sure look like a dominant defense, but they've played this like, I don't know. They've played a schedule that's softer than like the Iowa Hawkeyes non-conference schedule. Right. <laughs> like it's just been terrible. Not not uh, you know whatever. It's the NFL. It's not their fault. It's mostly division opponents, and they are going to have a stretch where they face like the the credible teams in the NFC East, and they're going to have some respectable opponents. I've got the Chiefs later on on the schedule, so it's not like you know it's it's not going to be this bleak for the, for so long. But the the teams they've played. Um, are, you know, it's a, it's a schedule that uh, was obviously going to catapult them to number one in everybody's power rankings. And that is where they sit. Um, so their defense is obviously great. I, I think we'll, well, maybe we'll figure out a little bit later in the season exactly how great it is. For sure. But it was crafted by Jim, Jim Bainheim. It really was <laughs> really bad schedule. Hey, we went out, we went to Florida once we went out of the state once. Yeah, come on. It's fine. It's a tough schedule. But no, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, it will be very interesting to see about that. But, uh, you know, Wednesday is always the tough day of the week, too. If you have early waivers, you don't even like if you have the Yahoo waivers on Tuesday night, it's even tougher when you don't have any practice reports. But the Wednesday ones are always like, OK, how serious is, is this really? Christian McCaffrey didn't practice today. We know he had like some back issues. He cramped up. It's probably nothing. But at the same time, you never quite know. Yeah, no, like any player who's got anything moderate, like any moderate discomfort is probably going to sit on Wednesdays. Right. So you can't read too much into that practice report. Um, the, like the, the player that I probably prioritized over almost any other in this waiver period with was chase Edmonds, um, based Mm -hmm. on what we were hearing about what we saw from David Johnson last week. And then what we're hearing, uh, in the early part of this week. And already it seems like they're going to, they're going to try to work them in as much as they can (laughs) to practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So, the Edmonds buy, I don't, I don't want to say it's going to end up being a total bust, but, um, because I actually think he's one of the most, uh, he's one of the most valuable handcuffs and probably one of the only situations where I'd really want to handcuff it back, um, in fantasy this year, there might be, there might be like four or five and Edmonds is one of them. So all of a sudden I have all these Edmonds shares and I'm probably not going to be able to use them this week. Yeah. Uh, I saw you write, wrote him up in your uh, free agent article this week. Uh, of course he did damage against my Bengals. I think that's like, that's, that's also an asterisk game, you know, Right. You do it against a team that doesn't employ linebackers, let alone good ones. Uh, it's <laughs> you got to take it with the appropriate grain of salt. Good. Good for you for still claiming the Bengals as your own. A lot of people would would distance themselves from that mess. So I explored finding another team. And here's the thing. I, you know, for some of the some of the same objections I have about the Bengals apply elsewhere. Like, for instance, I'm in the L.A. area. I was like, OK, I can't jump on the Rams because that's kind of trendy. Anyhow, I don't want to be bandwagony. Uh so how about the Chargers? Oh, wait, Spanos family. No better than the Browns. <laughs> right. Can't do right. that. Nobody wants him here. It's like, okay, there'll be plenty of room. You got a quarterback, you know, and Rivers I kind of like, you know, you know, Warrior, you know, they, I like some, the, the management has done some good stuff with this team, but it, it's rotten at the core. And I just, I can't get on board with that. Uh, no, I hear you. It's it's hard. I, I can't say that there haven't been periods in my life as a Bears fan where I have sort of tried out other teams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've kind of I've kind of I've kind of shopped them. I mean, there have been some some bleak years uh, over the over but the at decades. least you're in Chicago. Here, here's the dumb thing for me, Andy. I'm born and raised in Indianapolis, but before the Colts were there, my dad's from Ohio. That's why I'm a Bengals fan. Because he was a Bengals fan. Guess what? Yeah. They live in Wichita, Kansas now. He is a Chiefs fan. He doesn't care about the Bengals. <laughs> oh. I'm in L.A. So he's, a, so he's actually switched his fandom and yes. you have not. Yeah. How stupid is this? I, I've never lived in Ohio. I, I, I just they Indy, like, Indianapolis Indians were the Reds AAA farm club growing up. It started with the Reds. There's more Reds than Bengals, but. I got them both with the deal there. That was part of the, it was it was a throw in, and I kept them, and I've kept them all this time. I have never once switched allegiances. I'm Reds, Bengals, Red Wings, and uh, Indiana Pacers. The Bengals were like the Bengals. 
the Bengals had a minute there. They were like, you know, not only the, the Kenny Anderson Bengals, which was one fun experience, but then yeah. you had the, the Darnay Scott, Carl Pickens, uh, Bengals. Bill Boomer Esiason. And we had, we had the icky shuffle. I named my team the icky shuffle still. <laughs> um, we, I had, I have two of the most painful Super Bowls ever. You know, I, I've got that from my resume. So yay for that. I hate the Niners because of that. They've, they've caused infinite pain to me. Oh, that's rough. Well, there's a, there's a lot of good reasons to hate the Niners. The, this year, not, you know, not, not so many. This year, pretty fun, pretty frisky team. Yeah. You know, they, they cornholed us pretty good. Uh, week two, that was fun. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot, uh, as always. And I knew it was coming. Yeah, I knew it was coming because we never beat the Bengals. I mean, we never beat the Niners, so there there is that. Even in, like, non-important games. There was – remember when Weish was coaching, they had a big lead, and they had one of the most horrific fourth-quarter comp- – you know, <laughs> had to try to go for it on fourth down to try to run out the clock, except they left two seconds on, uh, and that was enough to kick the game-winning field. Yeah, that's my Bengals. Yeah. yeah. Good times. But, no, I haven't switched. Uh, before we get anything substantive and not less therapy for me, uh, let's get a quick note from our uh, friends at Sideboss. Hey, football fans, week six of the NFL season is here, and lucky for you, Sideboss has got you covered. If you miss entering the Sideboss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too late to join week six and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em Contest, where players choose five games against the spread each week, Sideboss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any Sideboss weekly or daily free-to-play games. Get all the picks correct and boom. Win cash and an entry into the Sideboss $150,000 private NFL against the spread contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com. Use promo code ROTOWIRE. We're here with Andy Behrens. I'm Jeff Erickson talking about week six, talking life in general talking about we're going to talk a little later on about balancing fantasy and life and all that uh fswa all sorts of good stuff i want to talk a few other things real quick andy uh chiefs chiefs colts sunday night was a bit perplexing it is the first time that the chiefs have been completely shut down in a game scored 10 points prior to that Mahomes every Mahomes start uh, had 26 or more chiefs points all of a sudden like what do we do with this this information they're become one dimensional. They they can't run the ball. They he can't run himself, and they don't have Tyreek Hill. Are you worried that the Colts might have exposed something? Was this in the making, or is this just a blip? Yeah, I don't think I would go so far as to say that the Colts exposed anything because basically, as soon as Mahomes became uh, somewhat immobile, the I, I mean everything changed, right? Yep. He was he was limping between plays. He was he was slow to get up every time he went down. He'd made that brilliant improvisational play to frickin' Byron Pringle. Uh, they're just making up guys. Um, I know. Like 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 they're like they're the St. Louis Cardinals or something. Like they can just make up receivers, make up prospects. Um anyway, so he, like brilliant improvisational play to him. That that's kind of what we expect from Mahomes and the Chiefs. And it's it's sort of his wizardry that uh, changes the math at the line of scrimmage for the for the running backs as well, right? Like w- when they when they spread you out and you have to be terrified of Patrick Mahomes, that's when we get situations where there's like five in the box and Sean McCoy isn't touched until he's twenty yards downfield, you know? Like, but but it all stems from Mahomes and it all stems from Mahomes' mobility. So I'm. You know, it, it's it's just like it's physically impossible for me to not rank him in the top three fantasy quarterbacks. So I've got him at the top of the ranks right now. But I, I mean, we've got to be worried. And it 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 has to be one of the things that we're paying the closest attention to uh, this coming weekend. Is that like how mobile is he? How, do, right. how does he look in the pocket? Is he able to extend plays and get out of the pocket? Because that's that's kind of the whole ball game. It appears between like that's the difference between Kansas City being a Death Star offense and being just a, a good potent offense. Right. Right. And, you know, this is the second time he's hurt his ankle. You know, it, it, it happened in week one right. against the Jaguars. And he was limited in the second half of that game. Uh, for whatever it's worth. I mean, they did kind of dial things down after that. They had already lost Hill, too. Uh, you know, it, it's enough that we were to be – and then he went off the, in subsequent – you know, the next week against the Raiders, like, oh, okay, everything's fine, but maybe not. Uh, we'll see. I have him second. I have Watson ahead of him this week, but, you know, yeah, bold move. Same. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the other thing, too, is like every week I do my rankings, right? And I don't know what to do with the Chiefs' backfield. I have no clue how I want to rank these guys each week. I, I you know, who, who is, is there anybody that's going to emerge as the guy we want to have? 
So last week it was, you know, I, th- I thought the snap count between those guys was about the most, one of the most valuable things that we could watch last week. Yep. It was, I want to say it was 34 for Damian Williams and it was 14 each for LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams. So Daryl didn't completely go away, but he largely went away. Um, and I, not to oversimplify, but I, the way it's shaping up, I, I would say that it's, uh, it's Damian Williams in any sort of PPR format is probably Shady McCoy. Um, if you're in a standard format and obviously shady has uh, value everywhere, he's not like, he's not seeing the field a ton, but he gets mm-hmm. the ball almost every time he's out there. Right. It's almost a tell it's like, it's getting close to like, I don't know what, like the Jordan Howard experience in Chicago where like if he's on the field, he's probably, it's probably a run and he's probably getting the football. Right. Like, right. Uh, Cause they're, they, they don't seem, you know, they, they seem much more interested in throwing to either Daryl or Damian, uh, Damian Williams, a, a gifted receiver in his own right. So uh, Damian is the guy that is much more versatile. And I, I would expect by the end of the year, as long as he doesn't suffer another injury is, is the better play in sort of a half PPR on a point per game basis. Um, McCoy has been, you know, I, I feel like after that first game, people were a little bit people were almost too hyped about him because they were very low degree of difficulty runs, you know? Um, and part of that again is just what the chief set up. Like there's, there's like six in the box when he's getting a handoff and it's, you know, he's not touched until he's like eight yards downfield, 10 yards downfield, but that's, I don't know. There's no reason to think that situation is going to change. So if McCoy settles into being, you know, 10, 12 carries a game, which is probably where Andy Reed wants him. Like I, I don't, that, I guess that's the big question. Do we think that McCoy's um, role can grow? And I guess I would be surprised if it did. I think, I, I think that's probably for a player like that at this stage of his career, I think his, his best possible usage is limited doses. And when he's on the field, let's get him the ball in favorable situations. And, yeah. Yeah. Let let Damian Williams handle the rest. Right. I read a note that McCoy was having trouble with blitz pickup. And he was getting blown up there in the pass rush, and that limited some of his snaps because they were trailing. So maybe that, that could be part of it there too. Yeah. But, I mean, McCoy is past the learning stage of his career, right? True. Like he's, he's not gonna. He's not. If he's not picking up blitzes at at you know age forty five or whatever, he is, he's not gonna. He's not gonna pick it up uh, next week or the week after. Right. That's right. So, yeah, you know, it's not like, yeah, it, it, certainly it's not like a, him. Oh, I have to learn how to play an Andy Reid system. Oh, wait, no, that's not it either. Yeah, so, right, yeah. right. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, it's been, it's, it's been beguiling to me though. Try to kind of put a ranking as guys. I maybe and part of that. It was because I was kind of on the Damian Williams train earlier and I feel like, I feel guilty for that. I don't know. But, and so, but I want to make sure I'm not overreacting to, yeah. I think, I think Damian Williams is, is a bit of a buy low because again, he, he more than doubled up any other running back, any other right. Kansas city running back snaps last week. And I think that's the the best sign. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Uh, on the other side of that, uh, you know, teams have been running very successfully against the chiefs lately. Uh, are you reasonably warm on Carlos Hyde in kind of a low, you know, underplayed revenge game to this week? Oh, that's a good call. I hadn't even I hadn't even yet considered the revenge. Yes, yeah, huge, huge, I, huge like, revenge game. Anybody who does radio or podcasts or TV, like you, need some talking points. And <laughs> even if they're even if they're crutch argument talking points, if I'm going to do you know this many like sixty minute shows in a given week, I'm going to need to say some things like Carlos Hyde revenge game. Oh, bless you, Jeff. I love that. Um, <laughs> And I just I, I came mean, with I, that I, on the fly too. I was I didn't even have that as a talking point. I just thought of it now. It's like, oh, Carlos. Oh, oh yeah, that's so good. That's <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, like I, I mean, I, I was I was ready to write off Hyde entirely coming into the season. He was such a. I just thought he was such a revelation. In not you know, not like he was a a superstar or anything in Week One against the Saints. But the Saints defense pretty good. Um, pretty good against the run and. Like he, he was good. He's, yes. he's had some really nice moments on tape, not just, you know, function of volume or game flow, but like some legitimately nice runs. Um, thought it was super lively. And the Chiefs, you know, entering last week anyway, I think we're allowing 5.9 yards per carry. Like they just, you know, it's some of that is a function of, of game situation with them. They end up in a lot of spots where they're perfectly content to let you run the ball and kill clock and they're ahead and it's, and it's all fine. Like that's just who the Chiefs are. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he's a, now I, like we know that Carlos Hyde is not going to, I think he only has the one game this year where he has any sort of reception total and he got no yards with like four receptions. So, 
Um, he's, he gets no sort of PPR bump, but we've seen him get 20 carries. Like they're perfectly comfortable handing the ball off to him. So, uh, I mean, if you're, it, again, you're in any kind of standard format. Sure. I, I think he's a, I think he's a very solid start in a game where the, the total could, could approach 60. Yeah. Another game that I find really interesting is Rams Niners this week. You know, the Niners coming off the Monday night game looking great. You know, they, they had two weeks to prepare for that game. They have five days this time. And meanwhile, the Rams have 10 days, basically. You know, well, I'm, I'm exaggerating in, in hard, a little bit, but the Rams had the Thursday game. The Niners had the Monday had the Monday game. Yeah. It's at the Rams, too, no less. Uh, the perception at the beginning of the season was that the Rams were well ahead of the Niners. I, I don't think they should be treated anything more than equals at this point in time. And I think the Niners could even be better, but prep time might be an issue in this one. Yeah. Um, prep time, surely an issue, but I, I mean, I, I don't know I, who, who on earth could think that the Rams are the better team. <laughs> like yeah. if, if we're purely limiting it to things that have happened on the field this year, like, uh, you know, how golf looks at this, at this day, I mean, not just how golf looks this year, but really how golf looked after say the lions game last year, he right. hasn't really, I guess with the exception, like the Tampa Bay game was a statistical blow up game in which he was terrible. Yes. Um, and he's just been, he's just been really, he's been really sloppy. Um, you know, I, I think defenses have, have gotten a handle on the whole thing where Sean McVay inhabits Goff's body for brief periods of time. Right. And they've, right. they've solved a little bit of that. They've taken away some of the deep stuff they've forced him onto secondary reads and it's not always pretty. Um, and, and Goff has really struggled with it. So, and my God, who looks better who looks better than Matt Breida? Um, Matt, Matt Breida looks l- like maybe about 85, 90% of Barry Sanders. Uh, at least he did on Monday night. He's had some really, really nice moments this season. Um, right. And, and you know, that, that was a guy who always had the athleticism and it's just, wow. Is it manifested itself on the field? Like he's, he's incredible. Um, the guys behind him are really good on that running back depth chart. Um, the, the passing game hasn't necessarily found itself. Kittle, um, Kittle notwithstanding, he's obviously been great and his season could be that much. Like we might forget, I don't forget because I own Kittle everywhere, but cause uh, you're an Iowa like, guy. Let's, let's just I'm, close this because here. I'm an yeah. Iowa guy. Shout out to the Iowa Hawkeyes who only ever threw the ball to him like 25 times a year. Um, <laughs> he's even tight end producing machine. Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, seriously. Uh, 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 I shouldn't, I shouldn't go down that rabbit hole, but anyway, we barely threw him the ball and he was never our leading receiver. Um, incredibly. Um, but Kittle has like a couple of negated touchdowns on the season too. Like he had, he had two negated by penalty in week one. Right. He could, he could be running away with the tight end scoring crown. Like if everything had counted, um, he's just been fantastic this season and pretty good argument that he is, that he is the game's best, uh, you know, uh, sort of two way tight end blocking and receiving tight end. And then that defense is just full of game wreckers. So, I, like I, I don't, I don't even know if it's close. In that the Niners are a better team than the Rams. Um, it, it certainly helps that that game is in Los Angeles. I, I agree with you that it's about as it's going to be about as fun to watch as as anything on the slate. Yeah, what do you make of Ty Gurley at this point uh, this season? You know, there's it was the big mystery coming into the year, a black box because they did not let us see him once in the preseason. Why and why would you? I get it, but we still don't know how. Like, is there is there another level still left in him? I, I thought coming into the, I have no Todd Gurley shares, which seems like, you know, now he's piling up touchdowns and maybe that seems like a mistake. Um, but I, I just thought it was one of the most suspicious injury situations that, that I I'd ever seen. Um, not, not only the way, like I'm accustomed to teams not wanting to discuss player injuries, but like he, he wouldn't say a thing about it when asked in interviews. Um, all of their off season moves suggest between, you know, the commitment they made to Henderson, the commitment they made to Brown suggested that the usage of Todd Gurley in the postseason and late in the season was probably what we were going to see this year. So I just, I just don't have any shares. I, I, I just assumed coming into the year that he was going to be a guy who was, they were going to sit him for a couple games and he was going to see the, I don't know, 12 touches and a bunch of others. And the most likely scenario was that he was, um, protecting a chronic issue that, and then they would just want to get him healthy. They like, they would just want to get to January with him healthy. And I, I, I think maybe what we saw last week was, you know, vital division game and it's going to be the same case here. 
Um, if you're ever going to fully deploy Todd Gurley in any game all season, it's going to be those, those key divisional matchups. So right. maybe we get a full dose of Gurley here. I, I just, I think it's really suspicious. I don't think he moves at all. Like the guy that we saw at Georgia and the guy that we saw like early last year, two years ago. Um, I, like he seems to, to just not move laterally as well. And it, it's going to come down to where he's used on the field and how he's used. Um, but I, do I, like, do I trust him? No, I don't trust him. I I'm with you on this entirely. Uh, I have him in one where I thought the price dipped low enough. And I, this is funny because I was pretty strident that I'm not going to touch him. I'm not going to touch him. Then, okay. <laughs> pick 23. Okay. Tiger. Like, fine. Um, yeah. And you know, I look this week, I've got him like 16 in my rankings among running backs. Like, Oh, okay. Him or Devonta Freeman or Carlos Hyde. That's who I'm choosing between. Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, they just don't throw to him the same. And I think that's a huge, and the whole, the whole, the whole Rams mess is, is just throwing me for a loop because they, you know, they spend a third round pick on uh, Henderson. You're like, okay, fine. He's going to be the change of pace guy. Then, you know, oh wait, he's not, you know, meshing with this zone read very well. Oh, he never sees the field. Oh, he's not even, you know, he's not even getting a touch <laughs> drop yeah. now at this point. I mean, I, I wanted to be patient for a couple of weeks. Okay. They're just breaking. They'll break them in. Fine. They're not even, you know, bringing them in and passing downs, but yet they're not throwing to Gurley or Brown either. Like, ugh, you guys are crazy. You're driving me nuts. They are crazy not to not to throw to any running back ever. <laughs> like, yeah, like that's just that's such a staple of NFL offense. Uh, uh, and especially in, this, in offense. this age. It, it seems really strange. Yeah. yeah. But I, but again, the whole, the whole, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. And I've, I've, I've probably thought more about for a player that I don't even know. And I've probably thought more about his situation than any other, like what exactly the knee issues can be. Um, wh- whether, whether any of this is related to, to, to his contract and not wanting to, I, I don't know. Like I got, I got no answers here except that it, it seems pretty clearly that it is a, a chronic condition of some sort and, right. and the team is terrified of it and they would just like to get him to the most important games in one piece. Yeah. And they're like, how did we sign him to this deal? How are we locked into this all of a sudden? And now this has happened. And now oh, we got to wait. We got to make him last, you know, because you, you break it, you buy it. It's ours. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and with all that going on, Dallas signed Zeke to that monster deal, too. Um, not that Zeke's body of work uh, doesn't say that he deserves it. But Man, um, but those long-term guaranteed deals for running backs, that that doesn't seem the way to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's they kind of did this to themselves, though, by, you know, putting such an extreme limit on first year contracts, you know, these early contracts. Well, OK, fine. Uh, now they're like, we're going to hold out and we're going to see more of these holdouts. This is definitely coming. Until in because, you know, the running backs are, you know, they're frustrated. You're, they're the ones with the least amount of leverage. So they're going to hold out. That's all the recourse they have. Yeah, as as they totally should. Um, yep. And it, and it absolutely worked for I'm, I'm still surprised that it worked as well as it did for Zeke. I thought for sure that, you know, like I thought for sure that Dallas would just pay the guys who were actually in camp. Like that seemed like the message that a normal team with normal ownership would send, you know, like, like that we got a bunch of guys that got to get paid. We got Amari, we got Dak Prescott. Those guys are here with us. And, and so like, I just feel like what I've always seen over the course of my NFL watching life is that an ownership group will say, I'm going to, I'm going to reward those guys. They're here. They're working with us. They're getting ready for this season. They're like uh, all rowing the boat in the same direction, whatever metaphor you want to use. Um, I'm going to pay those guys if I'm paying anyone and then we'll worry about Zeke later. But of course, Zeke's holdout was, was the most effective. Um, and he's the, he's the one that got his money. Yep. Indeed. Uh, it, it is funny. Yeah. I thought it'd be closer to the Melvin Gordon experience than uh, what we did. And yeah. Gordon, Gordon got a reduction in fines. That was his big compensation. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't quite win that one there. Uh, before we, uh, t- we'll talk about the chargers in a second, but before that, the NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo daily fantasy football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo cup on daily fantasy and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you a million dollars every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, so no Fred Zinke, who we had on previously, there's (laughs) no reason why you shouldn't try your shot. Take your shot, even. Take it, even. 
Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So I wanted I to talk- tell you, you Yah- Yahoo executives have been targeting Fred Zinke and Pat Mayo for years. They just don't want them to Brutal. win any money. Brutal. It's tough. Uh, Rob Silver, too. You know, he's already won the NFC. <laughs> so you know, forget that guy. He doesn't get any, any of that filthy lucre either. Uh, Chris, Chris Liss in Portugal, also not eligible. So nope, although he's a citizen, so eh, barely. Uh, but they, I guess he counts still. Um, talking Chargers. Talking, you know, Melvin Gordon, pretty... You know, uninspiring first game back. Not a real surprise. I mean, kind of expected. It's kind of be like the Zeke experience where you you get kind of worked in uh, slowly and then maybe get more of the workload. They threw to him six times, though, for seven yards. Uh, It was just an odd game, that whole game against the Broncos. Yeah, I, I thought actually the most surprising number was the the crazy target total for Austin Eckler. Yeah, uh, I, I think eventually that backfield will get back to what it was last year when both players were healthy, when Melvin, I want to say Melvin for the year average, like 19 touches a game. Eckler, when he was healthy was 10 to 12. Um, and both guys can have obvious value at that sort of workload. Right. I don't like, I don't think it's going to be 50, 50. I think it's probably going to eventually be like a 70, 30 situation as it was. Um, I, you know, I, I only have Gordon in one league, but I, I, I started like one and three in that league. So I'm going to, I'm going to need this situation to turn around real quick. Yeah. Uh, as we're talking, tweet comes down the wire from uh, Eric Williams. He's a uh, writer for that covers the Chargers for ESPN, saying that Mike Pouncey will have neck surgery and is done for the season. My goodness, every week the wow. Chargers have something. Yeah, that's really bad. There's no there's no positive way to spin that. That's uh, that's bad for all concerns. Bad for the entire offense. Yeah, and of, you know, of course, it might. That's the sort of type of neck a neck thing like that. That could be career finishing too. I mean, it's, yeah, that's pretty bad. But every single week, the Chargers have had something. Whether it's Mike Williams or Hunter Henry, you know, or you know, just every week it seems like there's a major injury. Whether you know, or, or even in the preseason there with uh, you know, lo- losing uh, you know, their eight, you know, losing Derwin James. I mean, they just, it, it honestly it feels like a Chargers tradition. I mean, there yeah. have been years where um, the entire receiving core like wasn't practicing and they would all, you know they would all still show up on Sunday but it was it was after a week of like you know Vincent Jackson couldn't practice and Antonio Gates couldn't practice and so God knows who Philip Rivers was throwing to on Wednesday Thursday and Friday but right it was none of the guys that were on the field with him on on Sunday that that is a that is a long-standing Chargers tradition that predates the LA move indeed indeed so you can't even blame the karma moving it to like you know, the practice facility some secret burial ground no it's <laughs> it's always been there. Uh, their favorites this week, six and a half point favorites against the Steelers. Very low total on this one. You know, the Steelers are going to be probably using their third string QB. You know, they're hosting, but they're probably still a road team the way it, lo- the way it works out with that fan base and the Steelers fan base, respectively. Uh, what do you make out of this game? Oh, gosh. Um, just a. Just like I don't I don't even know what to make of the Steelers offense. Right. Right. Uh, uh, Devlin was was fine. But Devlin Hodges was fine when we saw him last week. And was he seven of nine? Was he eight of nine? Like it wasn't it didn't look bad. Um, And yet he's a a Samford quarterback now throwing his first passes. And he was obviously it was, you know, practice squatter for a reason. Um, so I, I have very low expectations for Pittsburgh's offense. Um, they're, they're down Jalen Samuels, who was a thing. Um, so it, it's basically James Conner and hope to get 150 passing yards somehow. Uh, and, and can the chargers out manage to outscore that? Yeah, I, I think they can. I've been, been relatively disappointed with, uh, with rivers so far. Um, like Keenan Allen seems like a, like an obvious starter to me for everyone. Uh, right. Gordon and Eckler, obvious starters for everyone, but, um, me- messy game for sure. You're, you're totally right about what the atmosphere will be in the stadium that has traditionally uh pittsburgh visiting the chargers has always been a partisan pittsburgh crowd so i'm looking forward to that yeah i think it could be an extreme case of it there uh yeah and yeah there's just a lot of ugly implications i'm just looking at like implied totals all over the place there steelers are at 17.3 at least according to our odds page on rotowire uh uh not as bad as the giants that are at 12 
That's right, 12 points for Thursday night. Should be should be a lot of fun to watch. Another great two awesome primetime games there, Andy. We got some really hopefully, good stuff. Hopefully there. we can just get like a magical Golden Tate PPR game where he catches like 10 <laughs> balls for 56 yards or something like that. Like that's 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 all I need in the places where I own them. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Uh the other primetime game, uh Packers and Lions actually could be good. Uh, although I don't know if I'm buying this whole the Lions are good hype yet, just because I think I, I or that Matt Patricia is a good coach yet. I'm not sold on that proposition either. Yeah, no part of, you know, it's hard to get the the sort of stink of week one out of your mind yeah. with the <laughs> with the Lions. They they did have some moments last year um, They they've got a bunch of interesting pieces like Green Bay at the start of the season, the way they the way they came out, which maybe that was a uh, had more to do with Mitch Trubisky than anything else. But the way they came out in week one, the way they came out in the early weeks, you really thought their defense was going to be something. And then and then the Eagles kind of exposed that. Right. Like right. the Eagles shamed them. Um, so now not so much. Um, now I, now I do feel like that is going to be a game that at least stays within one score for most of it. Um, again, the lions coming off a bye, which theoretically should help them. Um, so I'm, but uh, obviously green Bay looked tremendous last week against Dallas. So whatever expectations we had, uh, uh, for Dallas's defense were, which were probably skewed by their, uh, relatively easy early schedule. They were exposed a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of this, a lot of this is going to come down for me to, to the health of Devonte Adams and whether he's going to be able to go. So that's just going to be one of those like Friday, Saturday practice reports that we care about an awful lot. Yep. I, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, moving away from week six, I want to talk about you, Andy Barron's. Uh, oh gosh. You are the president of the fantasy sports writers association. What does that mean? What do you do? Um, I, I would say, well, this year has been weird because there's some, uh, I, I won't even bore you with the details, but we've <laughs> we've had some like, you know, incorporation and legal work to do behind the scenes. So I've been like uh, talking to lawyers a little bit like, you know, typical bureaucratic administrative nonsense that you have to do if you've ever been like an officer in a condo association or some such thing. The Fantasy Sports Writers Association has that as well. And okay. that's what I've spent, you know, a lot of my year on. But for the most part, in a typical year, most of the most of that actual job is uh, centered around award season, right? So, okay, year, like years ago, predating my involvement in it, um, probably predating me being even in the fantasy industry, the the organization itself was founded as a way to recognize the the quality content that was being produced by fantasy writers at a time when fantasy wasn't necessarily as universally embraced as part of the sports experience, right? right. Like. You you go back I don't know fifteen twenty years and uh, I think I think people generally thought of fantasy as kind of a kind of a nerdy niche thing which maybe it is but I, you know over time I think people realized just how much the simple fact of playing in a couple of fantasy leagues informs you as a fan it makes does. you a better fan plug, plugs you into you know regardless of the sport whether it's baseball football basketball plugs you into the entire league in ways that you were not plugged in before so like if you're i feel like we've arrived at a point where if you're a serious fan you're you're definitely playing fantasy um you're not just like you know the the meathead rolling up to the bears game on sunday who has no idea uh, who plays for the opponent in any given week. Right. So right. There, there was a time when fantasy writers got, got virtually no respect as analysts. Um, and the FSWA was basically founded to say, you know what, actually some of the, some of the best writing that goes on in sports period is happening within the fantasy space. And we want to, we want to recognize, you know, whether that was Chris Harris or Matt Barry or Chris Liss or Jeff Erickson or like whoever, mm -hmm. um, we, Eric Carabell, I keep going like the, the people that were actually doing some of the most, uh, some of the, the deeper, more meaningful analytical pieces and some of the funniest voices in, in all of sports writing were in fantasy. So, uh, it was a way to recognize that and it, and it remains a way to recognize that. And we've, uh, some, I guess some of the, some of the things that I'm, that I'm most proud of that we've done over the years is continue to, uh, evolve and expand our word categories to recognize all the like phenomenal work that is, that is going 
going on and all the all the different vectors that people have taken in fantasy. It's really like it's not it's not just start sit columns anymore. It's not just stock right. reports anymore, right? Like people have people have taken it in a whole bunch of fun directions and I like we're always we're always playing catch up. Like um there's so many great people in our industry uh doing such great work, not even not even on their own site, sites but on but on social platforms. Like we we still have catch up to do, but uh you know, our awards have expanded and the number of people who nominate for the awards has gotten to be just a, a crazy number. So that that's much of my much of my year. And we're going to you know, we're going to launch we're going to launch uh, nominations pretty soon. Much of my year is is just sort of administering that process. Yeah. And it is astounding how many different like you said, vectors that this industry has grown. Uh, you know, I, I look at my personal experience, and I have no radio background. I have no podcast background. I, I was a <laughs> poli sci guy. I was studying for the bar exam, and we launched Roto News back in 1997. Peter Shanky had the idea, came up with it, you know, pitched to me and Herb, uh, Herb Ilk, uh, and the founding partners then. And since then, it's it's grown in so many different ways. Apps, whether it's incorporating now gaming talk, you know that that's a big challenge our industry or opportunity our industry is facing. At, you know, apps, you know, radio, TV, film, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's unimaginable the stuff that we're doing now versus what we did then. And I I used to be happy when oh I I saw ESPN mentioned fantasy ES, ESPN <laughs> mentioned fantasy. Yeah, wow, cool. We're getting mainstreamed. I don't have to explain to people what I'm doing, why I'm not practicing law besides, besides hating it. Um, you know, it it used to be, it used to be a little corner of ESPN.com. Right. And now it's, um, I mean, I like, maybe I shouldn't feel this way because they, you know, whatever I'm at Yahoo, they're the competition, but it's, I feel like it's just so good for the industry. Every time they weave fantasy content into their mainstream NFL content, MLB content, whatever, like it's so good. And they have been so good at doing it for so long. Um, that, that has, that has really helped expand the, the number of fantasy players generally. Well, Look at like uh, all that it's spawned too. I mean, you know, look at, you know, Fox, look at, uh, you know, your interaction, you know, everything that Yahoo's done with NBC and all that, uh, all, all the tie-ins there, you know, there, there, there's fantasy mentions here and there all left and right. And it's mm-hmm. great. NFL.com, you know, you, you look at the red zone package, the fantasy zone channel. I mean, that, that's there. They know their audience, let's face it. And it, it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, I uh, a couple of years ago at uh, the Super Bowl in Minneapolis, I met uh, I met Scott Hansen, and I'm like, I, I must have just come across as such a as such a total fanboy, and I I never do that. Like I'm, I'm right. not I'm not weird when I meet athletes, when I meet a lot of people, but I was like, man. Hanson, you don't, you don't know, you don't even know how valuable you are to me and to my industry. Like I was, I was just, I was, I was all gratitude. I might've been a little sauce too, but I was really, maybe <laughs> just possibly. Yeah. But it's all good. It's all good. We all have our moments uh, like that. Uh, I I'm sure I've been in that. Like for instance, when I, I see you at conferences, Andy, uh, I get that way. <laughs> Yeah, I really need to get some security when I when I go Absolutely. to the conference. Absolutely. Uh it's it's quite a ride. You've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for a long time and it's just really cool to see our our personal growth in the industry and see our industry grow in so, such ways. You see the Scott Fishbowl, you see uh TGFBI, you know, like uh it's just you see things like that and you realize how vast it is too. Yeah, I fully agree with you. And again, we were, um, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that, that like, I feel, I feel like my wife was, was sort of sheepish when she would tell people what I did. Like it, like yeah, it wasn't, yeah. like it wasn't real sports writing or it wasn't, you know, uh, uh, real writing generally. And now it's like, he, you know, now, now they think it's the coolest job in the world, right? It kind Absolutely. of is the coolest job in the world. Yeah. Paying for my kid's school. It's all good. I like yeah. it. It's great. It's good times. Uh, we'll leave on that happy note. Uh, always leave on a nice note. Andy, thank you so much for jumping on with us today. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Oh, man. That, thanks for having me. It's always good to talk to you, man. All right. Well, we'll see you shortly. And I, I'm sure at uh, – I'll see you probably at FSGAs in January. I am already – I'm counting the days. Yeah, that'll be awesome. All right. Very good. This has been the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks to Yahoo. Thanks to Andy for joining us. Be back at you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.